0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, you know, I drew up the service, I wasn't planning on praying right now, but first of all, thank you. Uh, we praise you. We praise this one we've just sung of who, who laid down his life, paid the debt for our sin. And, Lord, we do indeed, I was going back to that song before, we do indeed invite your presence, Lord, as far as the working of your spirit. The need we have for revival that begins in our hearts. So, Lord, uh, we ask um, that you would do this mighty work in us even today, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Yeah, well, I was going to stop after a minute of praying. This is our text. We're going to talk about Jesus doing a little building. So that's why we got the hard hat and the hammer there. But I got to address one thing first, real quickly. I don't know, I uh, uh, knew a guy that uh, he, his wife had gone away for a couple weeks. And uh, she called him close to the end of the time, and, and uh, she said, uh, hey, you know, I just kind of want to check on everything. She said, uh, you know, I want to make sure everything's all right at home. I'll be home soon, but uh, how's Fluffy, their cat, Fluffy? And he said, Fluffy died. And she got so mad at him. She said, you've got to be kidding me. You, you just spit that out there, Fluffy died. I mean, you know, somehow, how can you be so heartless? Couldn't you have said this more nicely? Like maybe you said, you know, on Monday, Fluffy was playing on the roof with a ball and and, uh, fell and got hung up and got sick and wasn't doing very well and we tried to take care of him, but on Tuesday, he's getting a little bit worse and maybe, you know, finally he died. She said, I just can't believe you're so heartless and so, you know, just spit that out there that Fluffy just died like that. Anyway, she finally calmed down a little bit. She said... Okay, how's my mom? And he said, well, mom was up on the roof uh, playing with a ball on Monday. And uh, and uh, okay, here's why I told my stupid little story here for a second. I put out this week in our little midweek uh, thing, I put out the little note in there and it said we would announce this Sunday who the new lead pastor is. Okay? Now, you had to read the whole thing. Okay? I got... Four texts and one person talking to me uh, that said, what's the deal? Where are you going? What's, what, what's up? Everything like that. You need to read the whole thing. We're going to talk about Jesus being the lead pastor in charge of the church, and I want to promise you that I will never stand up here randomly. Uh, you will not get a last-minute notice that uh, that I have resigned, okay? I mean, unless I die, then, you know, then it's a, he died, he should have told us, uh, but uh, but otherwise, I will say something, you, you look for signs, okay, like one week, I'll cut, you know, if I start to go, oh, the burden is heavy, the ministry is so heavy, or I start to say, you know, we were in Missouri and sure had a good time there, <laughs> and you know, right now, our kids have, are not stationary at all. So I guarantee you we won't be playing chase the grandkids around the country because they're running faster than we can. Uh, but maybe you know. So I'm just saying there's no plans or anything like that. I just thought it was kind of funny. Read the whole note. You know I got actually the note went out on what's that go on? Thursday morning. I got three texts. You know early in the morning like what what what's going on? <laughs> Why didn't you tell us? Cause nothing's happening. Uh, all right. Anyway, here we go. You ready? Uh, Ephesians chapter. I'll tell you a little bit, I think it's kind of a cool story how we ended up on this text on this particular day, uh, but uh, kind of excited about that. Let, you know, let's, let's just stop again. Father, as we, uh, uh, as my voice is heard, I pray that it be your word that's heard. Yeah, would you, would you take this time now and do that, I, I pray in your name. Amen. Okay, so let's jump into our text here, beginning in verse, I'll, I'll kind of go back and tell you how we end up in the middle of Ephesians today. Uh, when we really did the armor of God last week, which was the end of Ephesians. But anyway, uh, the author writes, and he said, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Let me stop there for a second. The other thing that I did say in the little midweek is that we are most definitely, or at least should be, want to be a charismatic church. Okay, you say, you mean like likable and everything like that? No, I mean, here's what I mean. If you uh, go into the Greek language on this idea, the word grace is, is first of all the word charis. Uh, That caught my attention particularly because our youngest granddaughter, that is her name, charis, and that's where they get that, is from the Greek word for grace. Uh, But anyway, and then when you look here as far as God giving the gifts or Christ's gifts here, the Greek word is charismata. Okay, that God bestows these gifts is that idea. That's what you see in the original language. So that is where that word came from, charismatic. So if I say we want to be a charismatic church, what we want to understand is that God has gifted all of us for the benefit of his work in the body of Christ. Okay, we want to understand that God gives gifts uh, to us uh, for the ministry. Okay, that the, the guy's doing that. You got that? Okay, So so did I put all your... I, yeah, actually, as I think about it, the whole idea of getting a new lead pastor, I don't know if that was concern or joy. I, I didn't know what it was, <laughs> but, we, but we did get a response. Anyway, that was, that was good. Okay. Anyway, he goes on. He says, therefore, it says, when he ascended on high and led the host of captors, he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? The next verse continues he who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things now that all things kind of comes to one of our themes of today the, the idea that Jesus is all about Jesus and we'll get back to that but just in reviewing the last few verses some of you remember the song uh this the, I'm excited about this song because it's the only song where I ever actually learned the motions uh, usually kids do things I just stand there and you know try to pretend like I'm, I'm catching up to them but the song some of you will remember he came from heaven to earth remember that to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay I don't know the motion for that oh, my debt to pay thank you told you I know the motions uh, from the cross to the I know that one from the grave to the Lord, I lift your name on high, Uh, like that. But uh, that kind of summarized that through those verses, that little song, he came from heaven to earth. Uh, On earth here, he paid the debt, uh, laid in a tomb, but rose again, and that's that's where he is now, so we'll lift his name on high. Kind of the message with that. Now, as we go on here, here's what he gave. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Here's some of the gifts. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body. Uh, I'm going to come back and dissect this a little bit more, but let's just run through this real first of all. The word apostles, actually, you may have gone to a church somewhere and they call the leaders apostles. Now, I'm not going to fight with anybody about it, but I don't think that's really accurate. I think the apostles very specifically were the 12 handpicked to Jesus. They were eyewitnesses to him. They were the ones with him. That's the apostles. Now, if you ride by a church and their sign says, you know, we're led by Apostle John, you know, don't egg it. It's okay. Uh, We'll let them slide on that one. But technically, the apostles are really those who are with Christ here. Then you have the prophets, those who made the way, if you want to say, or paved the way for Jesus. Uh, And then you have the evangelist. Great word there. This is the word uh, euangelion. Uh, which is that idea of the good news. So the evangelists are the good newsers. And we have probably seen in life, there are some people, now I think we are all to be lights and witnesses for Jesus Christ, but there are some people who are specifically gifted for the sharing of the gospel. Uh, The name that comes to mind, of course, is Billy Graham. Uh, That guy could present the gospel like nobody's business you know just here it is boom uh there we go and we think of people who are very gifted uh in that way the evangelists are for the if you want to say somewhat the gathering of the of the flock and then you have the shepherds and the teachers now let me let me stop on the word shepherd here for a second because this is where i got thinking about the whole idea that i am not the lead pastor here jesus is the lead pastor i am an under shepherd Okay? And that's all I ever should want to be is an under-shepherd. Okay. In other words, the scripture says these are the his sheep. I go over into Peter and they say it's not my sheep, you're not my people, you are his people. Now, you know, there's a couple ideas that I take for that. One of them is just, just real practical, but I want you to hear me on this. If you ever decide that this is not the church for you, you're going to a different church. Okay, now if you decide you're quitting church, I'm going to be very concerned. But if you say I'm going to a different church, I have a favor to ask. Would you come and just talk to me and just tell me why? Don't just fade away, because that way I'll know that you're in another church, and I'll feel a whole lot better about it. Because to be honest with you, you are not my sheep. And, okay, there's a lot of areas where I'm still very immature, but this is an area where God has matured me a whole lot, and I promise you I will not fight with you and say... What is wrong with you? Uh, or anything like that. And the other thing is, by the way, if you leave and somebody dies and you want to come back to the funeral, don't avoid me. I'm your friend. Sorry, I just had that happen recently. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> why, why don't you just come greet me? You know, we're still friends. I'm not mad at you. You are not my sheep to begin with. If you're so, somewhere else, that's okay. Is that, is that making a little sense? You're not my sheep. You're, you're God's sheep. And, and, and if I can keep that in perspective, I think it'll be hel- more healthy for all of us. Uh, You know, my job is, you know, I I was thinking about that along that line, too. I was thinking about John the Baptist and the whole idea of uh, he he must increase and I must decrease. And remember, they came to him and he said, John, you're going to lose some disciples. There's Jesus over here. And he was like, no, you don't understand. That's what I'm all about. That's why, obviously I'm paraphrasing, but he said, they're not my disciples. They're his disciples to begin with. This is a good thing. You're not my flock. Second thing, and and this is, again, from the practical aspect, as I think about this whole idea of me just being an under-shepherd, I want to, uh, I don't know exactly, you know, how many productive years the old guy has left. Uh, I mean, I hope 10 or 15. That'd be great. But but I want to have the church in a good position where I'm not missed. That's what a pastor ought to do. I mean, really, you know, where it's just, okay, you're gone. Uh, we're okay because you're not my people anyway. You're, you, know, you know what I mean? You're not my sheep. You're not my people. <laughs> I don't even like you. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're not my sheep, so I, I want to pass in that way. One, one other thought as, that came to my mind about that is, is just the perspective. Um, we uh, have a little Sheltie that will walk, and she's really, actually, she behaves better off the leash than on. I don't know why this is, but if she's on the leash, she... Tries to chase everybody and barks at everything. Off the leash, she just kind of does her own thing. So we usually walk her without a leash. Uh, and we're not really worried that she's going to run off because <laughs> she really likes food that we give her, I guess. I don't know. Well, we can't get her to run off. Uh, but then we got my, uh, my daughter's dog sometime we'll watch. And she has an Irish Golden. They really, really like this dog. And they've given us strict instructions that, you know, you got to keep the dog on the leash the whole time. But I have a little bit of a rebellious nature, so sometimes I get up behind the school and there's an open area, and I think this dog needs to run. Uh, and I know the dog's not going anywhere, but I let the dog off to run. But at the same time, I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous about her. our dog. <laughs> she runs, she runs. Uh, I think she'll come back, but uh, if not, that'll be a whole lot cheaper when we go on vacation. But anyway, um, but you know, but but th- but her dog, man. If I ever let anything happen to that dog, I think it would be the end of you know family as we know it. Uh, so I got. Now, the point is, if I this is somebody else's that I'm responsible for. And if I can take that approach, you know, just in ministry. And I'm telling you this. I'm preaching to myself, but I'm telling you this so that you hold me accountable to this, this idea. I am responsible for you, for you in the sense that you are God's flock. And God has given me a position to do that. Okay? You're not mine, and i got to treat you like that. You're God's. I better treat you even better. Better take care of you even better because you're God's. Does that make sense? Okay, anyway, that's a, see that word shepherd is also translated some places pastor or overseer. Uh, so that's there. And then, of course, we get into the teachers, uh, those who are helping people to grow. Uh, you know, We're preparing people to serve the Lord. We're teaching them how to follow Jesus, how to grow in the Lord. Uh, but uh, these are some of the gifts that he gives. Now, the, the Scripture says here that there is a work of ministry. And we always want to remember that idea that my job is largely, and other people, our job in leadership is to help you prepare to do the work of ministry, okay? And remember, however, that it is work because ministry involves people, and we talked about this before, people, that's where you get problems. I told you this one time before, but I got in a big fight in my family one time because I was giving parenting advice to my sister. The thing about it is my sister had kids and I didn't. And so, therefore, I knew all about parenting. Uh, Some of you have been there? You know all about it until you actually have kids. Uh, So I was an expert in parenting. So here we are at a family get-together, and, you know, something came up, and I was like, I wouldn't have done that with my children. (laughs) She really appreciated it. Uh, She appreciated her advice from her younger brother who had no children. Uh, And she was right in all that because have you ever noticed how easy parenting is when you don't have kids? Uh, Ministry is really easy without people, too. I just got to tell you, uh, if none of you were here, I'd be done. I'm I'm home by now. But just in general, ministry is, but because of people, ministry is going to be work. Okay, we got to finish up here our text. Until, okay, we're going to do this work. Until we all have attained, here's what we're after, the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Remember those phrases. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, we can come back to that verse here in a little bit here. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, but craftiness, I'm sorry, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Okay, so you can no longer have that happen. Rather, here's what we are to be doing. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, with each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now we can come back to that last set of verses there. But uh, first of all, just to uh, talk about the idea that uh, I think the Bible clearly talks about that we have in the body of Christ different roles, different roles that we have. And let's go ahead uh, to this next statement here. Uh, I think the scripture stresses that there is a uniformity, not, uh, or unity, but not conformity. Basically, this is what I'm saying is God gives us different gifts. Okay, God equips us in different ways to serve the body. And I think one of the things the scripture makes very clear is it's not like these are, the, uh, uh, these are the important people and these are the unimportant people. I think when he talks about the body, what he's saying is the role that we all have, uh, whatever he has, wherever he has equipped us to serve in the body, that is... The important thing, that you're doing what we're supposed to do. I mean, other places in Scripture, I think in both uh, Corinthians and Romans, let's see. I think, it, yeah, chapter 12 of Romans and First Corinthians, it talks about the body. And, you know, the, the, the author goes into the idea of, hey, if the body was all ears, You've heard that expression, I'm all ears. Yeah. Uh, but not very practical. I'm um, all eyes, not very practical. All toes, not very practical. All hands, not very practical. Uh, we need every part of the body is the, is the idea. Uh, that is very important. And God does prepare us for that. So let, let me go ahead and, and put another phrase up here. So we are not just to be going to church, it's not all about that, but we are to be the church, we are to, uh, all of us are needed in the the body, if we can remember that idea that we're given a a variety of service. We have many members, but one body, Jesus Christ is the head of us. Now, uh, one of the things I wanted to stop and do here is ask for your prayer, because, you know, I'm trying, as I try to be self-aware of my role as pastor, and of my gifting and the things I'm good at I will tell you straight up one of the things that I am not very good at is this idea of equipping others to serve okay Um, and I'm not very good at okay helping you find your role now there's you know you can go online and take spiritual gift surveys and things like that that can be helpful and all those things are good but I, I want to tell you straight up this is not a gift of mine uh, a lot of times you will find me here doing things I should have asked somebody else to do. I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I say that really to condemn myself because that is, I, I'm not good at asking other people for, for help, and I'm not good at helping you find where you fit. I, I want to be honest about that because I want you to pray that as a church we can do that. Okay, Pray that I'll get better about that. Pray that as a church we can do a better job of helping people find where God would have you to serve the body of Christ where you had work there. Okay? I, I would love to say, you know, hey, i got to sign up. And, you know, and even navigating, if you want to say, the size of our church, where we're not, you know, we're not capable of having every ministry for everything and, and a fit like that, but at the same time figuring out where God's Spirit is leading us, where, what ministries we are to have, where we can plug people in, where maybe we can help somebody get involved in a ministry that's not associated with our church but helps them serve the body of Christ. You know, I just want everybody to understand that God you know, very specifically he has given us different roles. He's given us gifts, charismatic. Uh, he has, he gifted us to serve in the body, all of us. I want us to get that concept in there. Now, so although we do have different roles, I think the other thing that this passage of Scripture points out is that we have the same goals. And uh, and he goes through three of them that we looked at back in the Scripture. There, The first thing that he said is that you all come into the unity of the faith. Now, Okay, I think this is kind of interesting. Uh, we're going through the book of Ephesians, and um, about three weeks ago, uh, we're ready to move into chapter 4, and I thought, I saw the subtitles were about unity. And my first thought is this. Uh, if there was ever a time in the world where the message of unity is important, this is now, right? I mean, you know, we got families fighting, we got government fighting, we got churches fighting, we got all this stuff like that. We need the message of unity. so I a good thing. I also got a little scared because... We're talking open wound, okay? I mean, for many of you, you know, the wound is wide open as far as this unity, is, as far as that goes. So, you know, it's kind of tough to talk about right away. But I thought, okay, I remember looking the week before and thinking, okay, next week we're going to talk about unity. But then we, when we got to the next week, it's, it's kind of like it was just a sermon block, I thought, okay, we're preach on unity. That's what the subtitle said. And so a couple weeks ago, we preached instead on the walk that we have in Christ. Uh, where to walk worthy. And I taught, you know, found the different walk words. And we went through. And I said, we're going to kind of overview. I said, we're coming back. And here we are back. But I said, we're going to kind of overview. And that helped us get to last week when the kids were in. I wanted to do the uh, the armor of God so that, you know, like that perfect fit. So then I go back this week. And I start reading chapter 4 again. And I thought, bam, there, there it is. That's the message. I knew that and put it together. But yesterday or last evening and this morning, it even crystallized for me a little bit more as far as God's timing goes. And just, if you just let me tell you where my mind went this morning a little bit, I don't know if anybody else experienced it or not. I hope you did because I hope you can connect with this. But the last couple days, we'll say the last day and a half, Friday afternoon and, and Saturday in particular, have been for me very, very peaceful in a lot of ways. Now, if I could explain why, Whenever I have looked at the news or turned on the television, what have I seen for the last day and a half? 9-11. And I know you say, how is that peaceful? That was tragic. And it was. But it was also, you said this before, it was a time when people united and turned to God. Okay. I mean, it, it was awesome. So, you know, Friday afternoon, I was riding around trying to find ice cream for our ice cream machine tonight, and uh, I turned on the radio, and usually if I listen to a talk show, I could take about 10 minutes, then I'm getting mad and saying, I got to go somewhere else. Uh, I got to go back to my oldies. But uh, but any, anyway, I, I listened to a guy that had been in the Pentagon uh, and was caught in the bombing there and scarred his whole body you know had burned his whole body and I listened to him share his story and this guy was a believer in Jesus Christ it was awesome I was listening to this on you know national radio and I thought this, this is great and when I turned on the news after that even yesterday morning and then even some of the things going on at the ball games uh, I did not see it because I'm too cheap to pay for the Peacock Premium, but uh, apparently in Notre Dame game yesterday, they, uh, the two bands got together and played Amazing Grace. Is that a true true story? And you hear things like that all over the place, you know, of just, that. again, the unity. I watched a little bit of some stuff, and you know, uh, of the Navy and Air Force game and th- that they were doing there, and then I know that in New York City, the Yankees and the Mets played together and they stopped and they commemorated and everything like that. And I Okay, I, I, I'm just talking real personal. I just was, huh. oh, this is good. This is good. There, there is such a thing as that. There could be something called unity. I, I just. Anybody else experienced that? I don't know. I now I'm not super optimistic. I think we'll probably go back to craziness this week. Uh, but at the same time, I just thought, hey, what? A, I, I was reminded. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the, the story of I think it was called Christmas on the Rappahannock, uh, something back during the Civil War when the North and the South stopped fighting and they on opposite sides of the shore. You know, they they sang hymns you know together. Uh, you know, in the, in the middle of the Civil War, or, and the, you know there are similar stories from World War One that involved the French and the German troops. And things like that, that they would stop and and uh, worship God together. Most of them are around Christmas time. And then, of course, you have the classic story of Snoopy and the Red Baron. I remember he could have blown him up, but he, he said Merry Christmas, my friend. Okay, I'm not sure that all happened, but uh, but it, sorry, I had to go. I had to go there. The Royal Guardsman, one of my favorite Christmas songs. Okay, uh, but but anyway, you know, you get the, this. You know, I thought, man, it's like we got a little bit of reprieve from the constant bickering and fighting. And I have struggled with. The whole idea of how exactly to present the idea of the unity that we are to have in the faith. Now there's a couple of principles in there that I, th- I think we need to grab onto. In scripture, when Paul was writing about this, the main thing that he's writing about them, in fact, perhaps the only thing, but he is trying to unite the Jewish believers and the Gentile believers. Because the Jewish believers are saying, now oh, wait a minute, they, they, they can't be Christians yeah, they're Gentiles, and Paul's saying, you don't understand, Jesus changes all that. The gospel changes all that. We've seen that through, through Ephesians. We are united. We are one in Christ, our, our Savior. He has united us, okay, and he wanted them to see that. I was thinking, you know, in a church today, we're not fighting about, you know, if a Jewish believer comes in, huh, out of here, this is a Gentile church. We don't have that. I would say even we don't really fight about race in the church. You say, well, race is a big issue. And there is a division that, based on culture and somewhat where you have, you know, your white communities and more white churches and more black churches and everything like that. And I, I, I think it would be great if we had the more mixing together. But at the same time, there's a, you know, you would never somebody walks in and say, ah, you're white, so therefore you can't be a Christian. You know, we don't really get that. Or you're black, or so you can't be a Christian. All that. We, we don't get that. We're not really fighting about nationalities. You know, uh, German family comes in. We're not like, oh, going, Germans, World War II, out of here. Uh, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not going there. What, what are we fighting about? Largely, politics. You know, I, I, there, I mean, honestly, that's, that's largely what tears us up all the time and, and, and what we're fighting about. So when I look at the idea of God's church being unified, I mean, sometimes I look and I say, yikes. It ain't happening, I mean, just in my own flesh, I'm like, it ain't happening. There's too much division in this country, too many families ripped apart. And the church isn't going to get together. but again, lo- love the way God works on different things, you know, giving Adam his little I was going to say bebop what's what's the song? bopping Bompin song. song sorry, I, I got to get cool someday. Uh, okay, but uh <laughs> hey, you're ahead of me uh but but anyway, when I looked at that and I just... said, the, uh, God we need the spirit of revival we need your spirit revive us and make, to make that that prayer again my mind says we're hopeless a lot of times we're not hopeless because we have the spirit of the Lord that brings unity and uniting behind the gospel we are not hopeless and may I encourage you are you ready for this weirdness I want you to look to the avens wait a minute That's a little Seinfeld reference, look to the cookie. But we're going to look to the Avens, not Ken and Mindy who are back there, but we're going to look to Ken's parents who have both gone to heaven. I think Dwayne, about a year and a half ago. Mom, maybe a year and a half before that, something like that. Dwayne Avens. first time I walked in this church, I walked in the lobby out here, Dwayne's greeting at the door. Okay, And there's a bunch of his cronies hanging around, a bunch of Old two, I mean, uh, a bunch of senior saints uh, hanging around. And, uh, and I walked through the door, and I don't know why this came up. I have no idea why, but he got talking to me. I'm a visitor, I'm here for the first time. And somehow he said, uh, uh, Yeah, I'm a, de- I'm a Democrat, but all those guys over there are Republicans. I don't know why he wanted to tell me that. Somehow they must have been discussing it uh, and going back and forth. Well, Dwayne liked to tell people he's a Democrat, and Joyce was a Republican, right? okay, and yet somehow they managed to shepherd three children to follow the Lord and some grandchildren after that together, just saying, and two of those kids turned out pretty well, Can Kenny, took, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, but honestly, honestly I just kind of think, you know, somehow they managed to love each other and coexist in the, in the house like that, so can we look to the Avons uh, like that and just understand that somewhere, okay, Maybe one of the ideas we need, we read about in our text, we need to speak the truth in love, okay? Okay, truth, yes. I'm not, I'm not suggesting compromise, okay? I'm saying you speak the truth in kindness and in love to people. Can we do that? Can we try to navigate this thing a little bit better? Honestly, uh, I read an article last week that basically gave up on the church. It said the church is ir- irreconcilable differences on some things, and they're never going to get back together. And uh, I thought to myself, but don't we have the spirit of the living God? Come on. Yeah, we do. So maybe we can make it through this thing after all. And still, and still come out united by the cause of sharing uh, the hope that is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. Okay, second thing, he said, very plainly, he said, here's our goals. We want to have unity of the faith. You want to have a knowledge of Jesus. Okay, You want to get that down, that that this is something else that has to be the goal of the church to help people know Jesus better. Uh, In uh, Corinthians, uh, Paul wrote, I think this is 1 Corinthians 2, and he said, I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. And Paul could have because he was one smart dude. But I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, here's what we're going to preach. We're going to preach, and we're going to teach Jesus, uh, people about Jesus. He is everything. And remember this, folks. Scripture teaches us that Jesus cannot be simply something. He is everything, or he is nothing. I, I, can, I can show you that in, in Scripture. It can't be just this something that we throw into our lives on the side. Jesus is everything. And as far as his church goes, the way we do things, we want to have the knowledge of Christ be something that we're promoting and preeminent all the time. My son was about in fifth grade. He joined a uh, Bible quiz team. And, you know, kind of like, you know, you see Quiz Bowl or whatever like that. But they did Bible questions. And Travis actually was pretty good. He was, uh, he was pretty smart. And uh, he was like the number one seat there on a thing li- like that, you know, where he answered most of the questions. He always had two kids down at the end that never studied the thing, never had any clue. They just went for the free cookies that he got at the end. Uh, and then there was a kid in the second seat. Uh, his name, you might remember Drew Buckner. I don't know if you remember that, na- that name or not. A kid in the second seat is hilarious. He was the youth pastor's son. And his, he, I don't think he ever studied for the quizzing. But So his dad told him, hey, if you ever get caught, nobody's answering. Just stand up and say, Jesus. <laughs> no matter what. And, and Drew put that into practice. He'd stand up half the time. If there was a lull, nobody else was answering. Drew would pop up and say, Jesus. Half the time he was right. Uh, i mean he was the second leading scorer of points as far as that team goes Uh, because half the time he was right the answer is just jesus but if we can remember that idea why we're here this morning jesus why i get up in the morning why i want to live my life jesus why i have to share uh you know uh, god's love with as many people as i can and and the message is because of jesus uh that is what we're all about as a church is because if we can kind of get that And remember that that's what we're focusing on. Now, the third thing that Scripture uh, said here in here, it said we have the unity of faith, the knowledge of Christ, and then we are walking in maturity. Okay? So, now, we all still have times when we go back and we behave like babies. But Jesus said as we're growing in the knowledge of Him, uh, or Paul's writing here, he says as we're growing in the knowledge of Him, in the knowledge of Jesus, we begin to grow. And we begin to act more maturely. So we're not tossed about by every wave. Uh, So we're not easily prey for false teaching and and getting messed up. I wanted to uh, go back to the last phrase in our text here. Okay, Rather, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into Him, into Jesus Christ. So we are to grow into Him, grow in our knowledge of Him, and then we begin to reflect Him. We begin to uh, imitate Him with our lives, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint in which it is equipped, with every part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Okay, when I think about goals for our church, okay, I want to go back to this list. Unity of the Spirit, knowledge of Jesus, and maturity well pastor don't you have some uh, growth goals okay those are fine but I want to say that he's the one building the church what we need to do is focus on him okay because he's, he's the one building the church I read a sarcastic uh, headline this week that said uh, let's see I, I wrote it down here so I, I wouldn't mess it up here but it says Christian leader is sure that he's on the right track because he's getting tons of good feedback from the world let me say that again a Christian leader is sure that he's on the right track because he's getting tons of good feedback from the world now I don't want to tick people off on purpose or deliberately get bad feedback that I don't need but if my goal is to keep everybody outside the church happy with me or everybody inside the church happy with me I'm missing the goal the goal is Jesus and follow him and I I think we need to be hearkened back to that idea I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, you know well, we, if you're going to put butts in the seats, man, if you're going to have a big church, you've got to do this and this. If that's what it takes, we won't have a big church. We're going to do everything that we can to follow Jesus as best we can. Again, I'm not saying I get it all right, but I'm saying that's what we want to do. We want to teach Jesus and Him crucified. We want to spread Jesus and Him crucified. But, Pastor, that doesn't work today. Then we won't work, okay? <laughs> we'll do something else. Because that's what the church is called to do: uh, teach Jesus and grow, uh, build people up. You know, so often I, I think, just church-wise, we're asking the wrong questions. We're asking, what will people think about this if we do this? What will pe-? And I do this myself in the sermon. How? Pe- you know, I told you with the whole unity thing. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's an open wound. What will people think I'm saying or everything like that? Can I tell you when I do that? I'm wrong. My job is not to figure out how people are going to respond and give you something that you'll respond. My job is to figure out what God wants me to say and share His His truth as best I can. That's my job. Okay? If I'm not doing that, you need to fire me. And the next letter you get about getting a new lead pastor needs to be real. Okay? Uh, Because honestly, that's what we're called to do. We're called to proclaim Him and His truth. One of the very best ways around a church that we have to focus on Jesus is, the, is to observe the observation of the Lord's Supper. And uh, if you're new to us around here, we do about once a month. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do that in a few minutes here. Now, I'm, I want to encourage you to do this. Where as we observe the Lord's Supper, we're going, I, I encourage you to do this. I encourage you to look back. Uh, look back to the Jesus who died on the cross. Look back to the Christ whose body was torn and his blood was shed for a payment for our sins. I encourage you to look within because the uh, scripture tells us that we don't want to observe the Lord's Supper unworthily. So it it is not closed to people outside of church membership or anything like that. But I do want you to know that if if there's something right now between you and another believer or there's something where you're not even sure that you're, you know, believing uh, in Jesus Christ as Savior, I do encourage you just to observe the Lord's Supper. That's fine. Uh, Hopefully you'll feel very comfortable doing that. So I encourage you to look back. I encourage you to look uh, within. I encourage you to look forward. Jesus is coming back. Okay, Jesus will will, will rule and reign. And I look to my risen king and look forward in that way. So we're going to take some time here at the end of the service to give you an opportunity to focus on and look to Jesus. And what happens here in a minute, they're going to play a little song uh, just about communion. And while they do that, Uh, there is a table over here in the middle, kind of around the corner from the thing there, that has the elements on it, and you are very welcome to come get a uh, cracker that will represent the Lord's blood, uh, body, and then a cup that will represent His blood. At both of the tables also, there are uh, these little cups where there's a prepackage. I'll keep this one since I touched it, because the idea of these is that they'll be more sanitary. Uh, they're definitely not more tasty. I'll warn you of that. Uh, but uh, but uh, if you would like to do that instead, and what will happen here in a minute as the music starts is folks will get up and they'll serve themselves. And, you know, you could do that. A lot of you may be used to church passing it out, and we could do that, and probably we'll do that again. But part of it, I, you know, I like this to be as engaging as possible where, hey, this is something we're really taking part in, of, uh, of, of looking back remembering what he did and looking in, uh, examining ourselves before the Lord and looking forward to our great risen King. So I'm going to pray. The music will begin. Folks will get up and, and return their seats and then we'll all take the cracker and the juice uh, together when that is over as we remember the body that was broken and the blood that was shed. Our Father, <laughs> yeah, if if what we've done in here so far hasn't helped somebody point to you uh, or see you and focus on you would you take these last few moments and i I don't know how to pray this lord make yourself large (laughs) don't let anybody out of here without seeing the the savior who died for them and focusing on you so uh yeah lord would you use these these final moments and our observance of communion here Powerfully in our lives, I pray. In your name, amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269 663 2648. Thank you for listening.